You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Fellowship in the Cleansing Blood is the title of this devotion. Fellowship in the Cleansing Blood. You know, we all know when we have become Christians that the only way to be able to be a Christian is to live in the cleansing flood of the blood of Christ. The Bible says, no, there's this beautiful hymn, there's a fountain filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. I love that hymn. And you, I believe in this with all my heart. I live in this every day, just like my kidneys are continuously cleansing my blood so that I can keep living by being made new inwardly. So the blood of Christ is continuously, unceasingly, from everlasting to everlasting, cleansing us from any consciousness of self, sin, or the world, and granting us to be able to live in the conscious knowledge of the Father and His Son and the Holy Spirit. Without that blood, all we would have to know God by are shadows and types in the ritualistic ways of the Old Covenant. But there would be no real new spirit of sonship within us. There would be no consciousness of sonship within us. We would have absolutely no witness that we are children of God. And friends, this is the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that he brings us into the continual cleansing of his blood so we can live conscious of God. Here in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, If we walk in the light, if we live in fellowship with God as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. That is not a one-off experience. No, I, I daily go to the toilet and as my bladder empties out, which shows my kidneys are working because the liquids come from my kidneys that has taken it out of the blood, the impurities. And so we're continuously being renewed and forgive the example, but that's the reality. It's not just a one-off. No, it's continual, constant, unceasingly are the kidneys working to cleanse the blood, unceasingly, consistently, constantly. And friends, that blood of Jesus Christ is unceasingly, continuously, constantly cleansing you. And this is where the Heavenly Father would have you live in faith with Him. See, if I take you for a second to Hebrews, which is one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's hard to say when they all are, really. But there is no other book in the New Testament that speaks about the high priestly ministry of the Lord except the book of Hebrews, and then we see parts of it in the book of Revelation. But only in the book of Hebrews do we get the real revelation that Jesus 
is that great high priest of God, whoever lives to make intercession. Now, and there's a really powerful point here that we learn by the shadows of the old covenant that we now can comprehend as living and real in the new covenant and how it affects us. So it says here in Hebrews chapter 9, starting at verse 8, Hebrews 9, verse 8, here it is, sorry. The Holy Spirit indicating this. So the Holy Spirit is showing you this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, listen closely, which cannot make him, the high priest, who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscious. Okay? So the high priest would come into the Holy of Holies and he would sprinkle the blood of bulls and goats on the mercy seat. There's always a shadow and a time. But that blood was never able to open up the veil for everybody to get a revelation. They, it was not able to open the veil because that blood did not have the power to cleanse the heart from the nature which motivates us to do what's contrary to God's nature called the nature of sin, the law of sin and death. That nature of sin in the flesh that makes us conscious of a way that's contrary to God could not be stripped out of the heart through that blood of bulls and goats. So the way into the holiest was not yet made manifest through that priestly ministry. That priest could not bring everybody into that place in the mercy seat. He could not bring anybody else into it because it never was able to strip out of the conscience of that high priest the consciousness of self, of sin. But the blood of Jesus Christ, it says here in verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Jesus, when his blood was shed, it opened a new life-giving way, a new nature, a new character through which we could draw near to God. And he is now at the Father's right hand, radiant with the image and glory of the Father, and he can bring us into everything he has, everything he is, he did for us, and he now does in us by the Holy Spirit. He is able to bring us in to the conscious knowledge that he enjoys through Christ in us. We now live in communion with the Father. He is the new life-giving way into the presence of the Father. Hebrews chapter 10. Oh, I love these thoughts. Listen, it says... Verse 11, no, let's start at verse 10. Now, in accordance with this will of God, 
we have been made holy, consecrated, and sanctified through the offering made once and for all of the body of Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Furthermore, every human priest stands at his altar of service, ministering daily, offering the same sacrifices over and over again, which never are able to strip from every side of us the sins that envelop us and may and take them away. Whereas this one, Christ, after he had offered a single sacrifice for our sins, that shall avail for all time, set down at the right hand of God, then to wait until his enemies should be made a stool beneath his feet. For by a single offering, he has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. Verse 22, so let us come boldly forward, draw near with true, honest, sincere hearts in unqualified assurance, absolute conviction engendered by faith, by the leaning of our entire human personality on God and absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness, having our hearts sprinkled and purified from guilty, evil conscience and our bodies cleansed from with pure water. Um, oh, I feel such grace when I think about these thoughts. That eternal offering, that eternal sacrifice that is eternally active and powerful through the blood that is now sprinkled on the mercy seat in heaven in which Jesus reigns to bring his heavenly holy life in the Father and the Father in him into us. That cleansing power by which the Holy Spirit continuously cleanses our heart and makes us conscious of the life he has, which he now reveals in us. It never loses its power. It never loses its power. We now have fellowship in the cleansing flood. And when you live in that cleansing flood, it opens you not just to enjoy fellowship with the Father and the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit, but it, in, it opens you up to enjoy fellowship with those who are born of God, who live in that perfect union with the Father. And God wants you to no longer feel like an outsider, a stranger, where you can't find your home. You know, you say, Pastor, I've just not found a home church. I just don't know where to fit in. I don't understand all these different ways in these different churches, and I just can't find a home. What is it, friends? It's not the method and the way. The method and the ways of churches is but the scaffolding. It's not the real house. And folks, so it is. You know, I went to go minister in a high Anglican church a long, long time ago. And, and I was invited there by this priest and he was a lovely true man and his dear wife who was the head of Mother's Union. It's a very large organization where women come together within the Anglican church, the Episcopalian church. And he invited me. This is what, in the 90s or so. And they had ways about him that I wasn't raised in. He wore a beautiful long rope. And the next minister had a beautiful long rope on. And another man in front of them had a long wooden stick with a golden cross. And he would walk in front and we would walk slowly behind. And I had my suit on. I looked quite awkward compared to them. I thought their robes looked awesome. 
And then they would move out of the way and we'd come to the altar and he would kneel down and look at the picture of Mary holding Jesus there. And, I, and, and he bowed his head, so I bowed my head. And I didn't know the value of all of these ways. And then we sat down together and they sang a hymn. And in my heart, I said to the Heavenly Father, Father, what would you like me to tell them? He said, tell them how much I love them. And so I said to the minister, how long would you like me to speak? He said, would 15, 20 minutes be okay? I said, more than enough, thank you. And I got up in the big pulpit and the Holy Spirit came like a river, quenching the thirst of all these precious souls sitting there. And their eyes flooded with tears as the love of the Father came to them unhindered because the blood makes the way for his life and love to come to us and for our life and love to come to him. It is what opens that life-giving way into fellowship with the Father. Oh, we now live in fellowship in the blood. It is so glorious, that ever-living blood. You know, Andrew Murray, in one of his books, describes it this way. He says, our, uh, our life is like the green grass on the side of the road. The road is just the world's busyness of life. And the dust of the road goes onto the grass so much so that you cannot see the difference between the road and the grass, except there where there's a little fountain. There's a little fountain, and the fountain springs and bubbles up with fresh water and keeps that grass beautifully clean. And it says here in Zechariah chapter 13, oh, Zechariah was such a powerful man of God. I love Zechariah. Chapter 13, verse 1. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Dear friends, listen to me. We'll talk about this some more next week. We all have sin in this flesh. It's the part of the nature of this flesh. But sin has no more dominion over us who accept the sacrifice in which Jesus overcame and deprived sin of power over the flesh in his self-sacrifice to God. Jesus not only conquered sin for us, but he now lives to the glory of God, free from any dominion of sin. And that life he's able to give to us because the blood paid for the right for him to give it to us, that God could be justified to justify the ungodly, as Romans would say. And that blood, the Holy Spirit keeps ministering. And it's that fountain that springs up for sin and uncleanness, keeping us free from sin and uncleanness consistently. There is absolutely no way for you to live free from sin by just your own doing your best. While that is important, that is not sufficient. You need more than just doing your part. You need the Holy Spirit to continuously cleanse you with that blood so you can enjoy fellowship with the Father and He with you and enjoy all of those who live in that life of fellowship with the Father. Amen. Have a good day.